going to be the ball game. Six, five, four, three. They can't snap it. They can't stop it. They can't win it. Alabama wins the ball game. Gary Thomas, linebacker, Alabama. He was a nightmare for people that had to try to prepare for him because he, he had unique skills. Go get the quarterback. I felt sorry for some of those poor tackles that came in and had to go against him because they didn't realize what they were getting themselves into. Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Not some fun. Woo! Woo! I'm done. I got to do that in this. Lights out. Sacking the cornerback is just like uh, like you like you devastate a city or you cream or you cream a multitude of people. I mean, it's just like like you put all the off- offensive players in one bag and I just take a baseball bat and beat on the bag. So each time he came over there, I tried to tear his damn head off. Let's play some football. Let's play some football. The pressure is on. This is off the edge on Tide 100.9. Focus on what you want to do, what you want to accomplish. Think about that. Don't think about how you feel, how tired you are, how hot it is. You've got to push yourself on the field when you're playing football. It's my honor to present the national championship trophy to Coach Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. To me, this is the ultimate team. All these guys bought into everything they needed to do to be the best players that they could be. There's more togetherness on this team than almost any team that we've ever had. And they had to overcome and persevere so much adversity through this season. And they've done it magnificently. And I'm so proud of this group for what they've been able to accomplish. They're going undefeated and winning the national championship. Screening live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and the Tide 100.9 app. Here is your host of Off the Edge, Jacob Harrison. your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Jacob Harrison here, digital managing editor of Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. Joe Gaither there, brand manager of Tide 100.9. Mason Woods behind the glass. I think Hunter Brantley is still in there as With that slick well. haircut. Slick, slick. I mean, makes the rest of us look really, really old. Uh, <laughs> some of us are really old. Me. Obviously... <laughs> Uh, I haven't been around for two weeks. I'm not going to be overly honest because uh, I have been part of the reason I haven't been on the air is because I am too open and too honest. And sometimes life does things to you that not everybody has to know and not everybody deserves to know or should I have to explain for a gazillion times. So what I will say is that things have been really, really hard for me over the past two weeks. I have friends here who have been helping step up in a big, big way, including Joe, Mason, JR, 
everybody at Tide 100.9. You guys are my family, and I appreciate all the support that you guys have given me. I'm not a thoughts and prayers guy, but if that is your thing, I'm not going to deny them. Uh, so if you have reached out to Joe uh, and thought of me and, and what I've been dealing with, I appreciate it. I appreciate Joe's uh, explanation of it as off-the-field troubles. I don't think you could possibly come up with a better way to describe it, uh, but it is good to be back. Um, and where I want to start is actually fairly ironic because what I have lacked for the past two weeks is a solid distraction from the things that are that have, that have happened to me. And in that time period, Joe uh, was filling in uh, for me, but I, I don't know if uh, maybe this was on Ryan's show or what. But we got a tweet on the Tide 100.9 account. And uh, our girl Kim Rankin put it in our group chat. And this is that's how I found it. And it's from Britton Sullivan. So, Britton, if you're listening, the first 15, 20 minutes of the show is is going to have a little bit to do with you. And you get to decide whether or not it's a good or a bad thing. And if you want to call in after the fact, that's on you. 205-342-9904 if you want to call today. More than welcome to. Britton Sullivan, at B. Sullivan, bunch of numbers. I can't <laughs> say if Transfer Portal slash NIL will ruin college football, but it has already ruined sports talk radio for me. At Tide 100.9, and then he quote tweeted it, at the game on 109. So I don't know if Britton listens before Ryan Fowler's show. If you only listen to Ryan Fowler's show, I don't blame him. It's a good show. He's a man. I had a lot to do with, with some of its success over the years, too. You know, <laughs> So I appreciate it. Uh, I agree with Britton to a point. And I will say that one of the hardest things about making the decision every day on whether or not, Joe, can you do the show for me? JR, can you do the show for me? Whoever, can you, can you fill in? I can't. I can't. The fact of the matter is, is that it was late May. It is now June. And nothing goes on. Happy June. Right? This is this is the hard part of the year for us. And complaining about it is not the right thing to do, right? Uh, it was one of the first things that Ryan Fowler taught me is, you know, don't complain about June and July. Be prepared for June and July, you know? And right before I took that leave of absence that I didn't know I was going to be taking, that's when the Saban-Jimbo Fisher thing exploded, right? It gave us something else to talk about. Something to be fired up about. Something to really get into. However, the crux of the conversation was the same damn thing that we had been talking about for months and months and months. And Mason can attest to this. It's going to ruin the game! Britain. I promise you, Mason knows this where I would come in on a Wednesday or a Thursday, and I'd say, Mason, I am so damn tired of talking about NIL and the transfer portal. I am so mentally exhausted from saying the same thing every single day. And the idea that you carry into those very same conversations that you have every day is that somebody else is listening, somebody that hasn't heard that thought is listening, there's a brand new audience, and your P1s understand that, right? A little behind the scenes of radio there. P1, that's you, Tom. We love you. Yes. 
there's there's a lot of you guys out there that are just like that, and you understand the nature of what it is that me, Ryan, Gary, Barry, Martin, Wimp, Jay, Stingray, what all of us do here, what Joe does here, what Mason, Jr., Kim, what we all do here, all of our interns. But it is a love of sports radio, and it's a love of sports in general. It's a love of the Alabama Crimson Tide. But with the situation of what happened in Texas and so many other things that are going on right now, I am I am tired of going to the gas station, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me it does not feel like talking about those things when we talk about NIL and the transfer portal. It feels like we have a political conversation at all times. And yet polit- politics drive sports. There I, I've made the argument plenty of times. There are there is no sports without politics. There is no politics without sports. They they exist within one another. And you can't all throughout the, the Colin Kaepernick drama and things like that is well, those types of things intercede with sports, right? You don't you don't have Colin Kaepernick without Jackie Robinson, right? And a lot of people are not going to like that I said that. It's a fact of, of life, though. It is a reality. Those things intersect because real life intersects with sports. And that's why there were... It's okay for me to watch a Rich Eisen highlight and for him to give his opinions on what happened in Uvalde, right? But I know that most of our listeners on Tide, or at least the most vocal of you, don't want to hear about that. You don't want to hear about what's going on. I remember very vividly during the early stages of the pandemic, Ryan Fallon and I scratching our brains as to what to talk about because there was nothing else to talk about. There was nothing else but, well, what does this mean? Where are we going? When will this end? Is this real? Is this real was a conversation me and Ryan Fowler had on the air in real time. <laughs> you weren't alone. Lots of people didn't know how to take it. Exactly. So when you're approaching a political conversation on sports radio, there are ways to go about it where it's humorous. There are ways to go about it where it is very serious nature, such as reacting to what happened in Uvalde. But there are going to be portions of the audience that don't want to hear it. They want the distraction. And then there are going to be portions of the audience that do want to hear it because they can't afford to have a distraction because they care, right? And it's not to say that the other audience doesn't care, the, the side that doesn't want to hear it. They need a distraction. Somebody else doesn't. But for me, I didn't want a distraction, but I needed one. But it's my understanding that the past two weeks, it's been more of the same. Even when the Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban thing comes across the board, it's NIL. At the heart of that conversation, as fun and exciting and as brutal and as ruthless as those two coaches were with each other, the unprecedented nature of what Jimbo Fisher did, the fact that the SEC meetings came up, and it just so happened that Jimbo Fisher was on rotation to have to sit between SEC (laughs) officials at the table. Uh, Everything that happened there. And for, yeah, sure, they buried the hatchet. We're done with that. Nick's going to do commercials with Dion, and I'm sure nothing's really going to change. When they meet in Tuscaloosa this year, 
Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban will shake hands at midfield before the game and after the game. It's a fact of reality. They don't have to like each other anymore. You're saying Nick Saban's not going to punch him in the mouth? It would be great entertainment, but it is not what's going to happen. So that's why I make the efforts that I do to be more analytical instead of just sports guy B, right? And it's it's a difficult thing to do when the distractions aren't there. So, Britain, that is that is something I agree with. I don't know if transfer portal and NIL will ruin college football. But the fact that something that is so decisive, so political within its nature, because here's the thing with political conversations. I had to have a political conversation with my parents yesterday because I was talking about gas prices like a fool and why I was broke <laughs> and because it was because of the gas problems. Uh, and it, it's no secret, right? My parents know who, who I voted for. I know who they voted for. We don't get into many arguments about it. But the but the conversation is always, well, why is it this way? Why are gas problems that the way they are? And everybody's got you know their sources where they pull the information and they throw their arguments at the wall. And that's the same thing with NIL. We may as well, if we're going to talk about NIL every day, may as well get on the radio and talk about gas prices because it's the same thing. You're not providing a distraction. You're not creating new discourse it is the same conversation that we have had when there are new developments such as the collectives when the collectives came out i get it and this isn't in any way to try to shape what everybody is talking about it's it's an understanding of of where britain is coming from because what we're supposed to do here is is talk about sports and be a distraction but you're no longer a distraction when you have the same conversations every single day. And even when those conversations change a little bit, why was Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban exciting? Because they talked about NIL? Because Nick Saban got a point across? Came to an argument with facts and examples? No, it was because Jimbo lost his collective bleep and did something unprecedented and basically wanted to fight Jimbo, or excuse me, fight Nick Saban. And that's what got us excited but it still led into the conversation because I, I went back and I listened to that show and it was still all about NIL and why Nick is right about NIL and why Jimbo is right about NIL and where where both of them were wrong. Uh, it's it's an unavoidable conversation because it takes such precedent over this sport that we care about here in this city, it being college football. But the fact of the matter is, I read Chris Walsh's uh, Just One Minute this morning on BamaCentral.com. And he said the same thing that a lot of us have been saying. This is not Nick Saban crying. This is not Nick Saban doing anything beyond the fact of what he has always done. And that's saying, are you sure you want to go there? Because I will take you down within... Within reason and within the rules, I will take you down. And that's exactly what Nick's going to do. Jimbo has already found a solution. Good for Jimbo. But 
I agree with Britton. And that's why I try to stick to, to on-the-field things and analyze. I'm tired of talking about NIL. I'm absolutely exhausted from it. I don't care that Bryce Young has signed on with Epic Games. Bryce is going to make all of Bryce's money. Fortnite's dead anyway. Fortnite's dead. No, it's not. Fortnite, no build, man. Bryce Young's bringing it back. No, it's thank the you. builders who ruined Fortnite. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Every time I jumped on Fortnite, I was like, oh, sweet, I got a good gun. I'm feeling good. Here's a hiding spot. Oh, shoot, there's a guy. I'm going to shoot at him. And then boom, 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 all these walls. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. That's the game. <laughs> get better. <laughs> Fortnite. Yeah, get good. It, that, that's the game, right? I uh, I played Call of Duty with my friends the other night. Uh, had, had a had a near ten kill game. Mason, you know that that is not something I do, right? <laughs> it's because I got a little bit better, focused a little bit better, played within the realm of the game, right? I can't play Fortnite at all because I can't build. <laughs> if you're catering to me, then I'm just I'm just I'm I'm not playing Fortnite. I'm playing animated Call of Duty, right? More colorful Call of Duty is a different game. See that? It's more realistic. That's that's the that's the distraction. That's the distraction. If you want to talk about Bryce Young signing with Epic Games, do you think he's good at that game? Fortnite. Do you think he's good? Good thing because the clip no. he put out. I bet Bryce is trash. I, I bet he is too because the clip he put out it was it was twenty seconds long and like I am a very below average first person shooter game. I, I enjoy, Same. I enjoy him. It's cool, <laughs> but like I'm always the one being like, where did that guy shoot me from? Bryce Young in his twenty second clip came around the the corner with a, a an anim, with a shotgun, which is like the easiest gun to use because it sprays and prays. And oh, there's a guy, bam, bam, and his friends all <laughs> dapped him up and like, oh, you the man. But that's all we saw. Do you think he's good? I don't think Bryce actually plays plays Fortnite. I I I I don't think Bryce Young actually plays Fortnite. I don't think Bryce Young did that play. <laughs> that, I mean, the controller was in his hand. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, no, I don't think Bryce Young plays Fortnite. I, I think uh, a quarterback of his magnitude doesn't have time for Fortnite. Who's a better Fortnite player, Bryce Young or Jay Coker? Does Jay, Cor- Jay Coker play Fortnite? <laughs> I have no idea. I think, I think Jake's got a little bit more time on his hands. Coker's like a – he plays like big game Buck Hunter or something like that. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine what, – what's a good game for, for Jake Coker to be good at? It, it would have to involve handing things off a lot – and finding success in that, play big mouth, big mouth bass. You know, big, big, big mouth bass, bass fishing to pro, pro tournament. Yeah, that's it because you can just take the take the take the reel and just kind of lead it into the mouth of the bass, just like handing a football off to a two hundred and sixty pound running back and let him run up the gut for eighty yards. I know you appreciate that, you, you Jake Coker fans. Hey, hey, Jake Coker won us a title. Bryce Young ain't won a title. <laughs> I, mean, I don't care about a Heisman Trophy. <laughs> I care about a title. I care about a title. Hey, I've talked about it plenty. There's an opportunity there uh, for the Crimson Tide to manage to pull that off. All right, we'll talk about things a little bit more lighthearted. Uh, some of the things that, that Joe talked about earlier, uh, such as the the NHL and its patches. There's much more to get into. But it's good to be back. If you want to call in, 205-342-9904. I'm Jacob Harrison, Joe Gaither, Mason Woods, Hunter Brantley behind the glass. This is Off the Edge on Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partly to mostly sunny this afternoon. The chance of a few widely scattered showers through the evening hours. The high today, 90. Tonight's low, 71. For tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered showers and thunderstorms by afternoon. The high, 91. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Follow Off the Edge on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for live streams and instant analysis. Off the Edge with Jacob Harrison continues. Behold the king. The king of kings. On your knees, dog. I can't do the whole spit water thing. I can't do it. I will say that it's a good mix, though. I mean, they got Lemmy's bass in there. Hell of a riff. Love Motorhead. King of Kings, and if you didn't know, that's one of the uh, entrance themes for One Triple H, if you didn't get the, the joke there. And Joe just brought it uh, to my attention about... Uh, WWE's, I guess, pay-per-view event that they had last night. If you didn't see it, uh, Cody Rhodes, son of Dusty Rhodes, had a match last night with a completely torn pectoral. Uh, Have you not seen it, Mason? Disgusting. Search it on Twitter right now. At first I thought, Cody Rhodes. What makeup is he doing? No, it's not makeup. Completely torn pectoral. Before the match starts, takes his takes his ring jacket thing off, and it is purple from from elbow fold to 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 sternum and everything in between. Purple, yellow, green. It's nasty. He wrestled the whole match, right? He wrestled it, and uh, what's his what's his what is, what's his finisher called? The angel's wing or something? Wing name? Fallen angel or something like that? Oh, I don't know. Uh, that. So well, well, anyway, uh, he. I mean. Basically, it's it's a modified neck breaker. Basically, and so he's 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 got Seth Rollins in this modified neck breaker, and on the arm that he's picked (laughs) that he's he's torn, and boom, he he rolls him into the neck breaker. And obviously, I know it's all it's all it's all planned and stuff, but you're still performing these moves. So on the arm, he whips him into the modified neck breaker, holds him on, pops him back up. He hits him with two of these in a row, which apparently that's a big thing. Like I'm. A wrestling casual, I, I enjoy it for, for the entertainment's sake. I don't watch every week, but like I, I it, it's, it is very entertaining. He hits him with a double double finisher, and like basically the effort he exudes. I mean, spoiler alert: if you haven't watched it, uh, change your channel right now if you if you want to save it. If you're saving your pay per view for later in your time, he, he hits him with a double double finisher, and like. The effort he exudes, Seth Rollins is like uh, d- 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 down inside the Hell in a the Cell. There's like a sledgehammer and a, and a chair and stuff. Like Hell in a Cell is a great pay per view because it it's is. like it, it's all oh, the mixture of wrestling slash theater. Uh, and okay, they're, they're both down. Cody Rhodes drags himself off the mat, and Seth Rollins is doing the whole like oh standing back up slowly, slowly thing. And 
Cody Rhodes grabs the sledgehammer and boom, right to the face and <laughs> curls him up for the pin. And, 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 you know, one, two, three, you're out. And just, like, is so exhausted. And, 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 and really, I only saw the last three, four, three to five minutes, but I was like, I didn't know the torn pack story. I, t- I text my wrestling friend who's, like, really into it. I say, dude, Tim, what's the deal with, with, with Cody Rhodes? He goes, oh, he's got a torn pack. And I was like, no, he doesn't. And it, I was like, he, yeah, he does. And, like, so I watch it again. I'm thinking, is that make Like, Because obviously, you know, is it, is, it, yeah. is, it a, is it a work? Is it a gimmick? Is it a, right. you know? But no, uh, it is disgusting. If you're looking at it on Twitter, like if that's makeup, the massive props to the props people and makeup people. But it is disgust, and, and like the reason why I, I fully believe it wasn't makeup because you know sweating bodies, this, that, and the other. Nothing's running now. I don't know if makeup's advanced in that technology yet. Uh, sorry, I'm not that <laughs> expert on that stage props, but like. It is nasty, and for him to compete in a hell in a cell, we all know, you know, if you're not a wrestling fan, Seth Rollins is a great, great, great performer, and hell in a cell is traditionally a very taxing uh, setting for a match. I was like, I, I text my friend, I said, put him in the Hall of Fame right now. Uh, Cody Rhodes, Hall of Famer, right? Now. Not only, I mean, yes, this match was amazing, but like, take his whole career arc into into account. You know, his time with WWE starts the start up uh, AEW, kind of uh, more or less gets shoved out of that, or works his way out of that because because uh, of some decisions. And boom, now you're a big star in the WWE. And if if you haven't seen it and you're looking for it for for whatever reason, uh, I just retweeted it at J Harrison OTE. Um, it, this. Good joke, by the way, that Mason sent me. What What's worse on his body? Uh, oh, the neck tat. Is it the bruise or the neck tat? Uh, objectively, you've never seen the neck tat before, Mason. Which is worse? Which is worse, the the, the bruise or the neck tat? It's the neck tat. <laughs> Boo! That Come thing on. is trash. No, 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 no. That that neck tat is an homage to his father, the American Dream. But so is oh, the one on his chest, and that one doesn't. America. That one's not bad. Uh, that, that that is a good like forearm at the bend of the elbow tattoo. It's not a good neck tattoo. Uh, and and as an owner of a neck tattoo, um, hey, you can't read what it is. I mean, if you know his logo, then it's very but easily like, recognizable. But to someone that. that Right. Like myself, who's yeah. not super familiar with it, you can't really read what it is. And, you know, that that's the mark of a tattoo, right? Can you see what it is immediately? Uh, that That is always the... By the way, if you can't tell what a tattoo is, like somebody's showing you their tattoo, do me a favor. Don't ever ask, what is it? Just say, that's cool. Or something to that effect. What is it is the most terrifying question Somebody with a fresh new tattoo can possibly hear. Please, please avoid that. That has been uh, your wrestling moment <laughs> off the edge. Uh, I mean, we're metal. Off the edge? That, that fits right, right with Oh, us. yeah. No, definitely. All, definitely. Right. All right. Take us back to where you wanted to go. College right? football. The 2023 College Football Hall of Fame class. The ballot has been released. Uh, Tim Tebow, Reggie Bush, and Tony Gonzalez are the headliners of this class including more uh, uh, classic names like Marvin Harrison, Ray Lewis, Alex Smith, The Beast, Marshawn Lynch, Mark Richt, and Larry Coker. On the Alabama side of things, you've got Antonio Langham, and you also have 
uh, Chris Samuels. And if you really want to dig deep into Alabama, it's not necessarily the Alabama Crimson Tide. However, I have a ton of respect for this man, Larry Blake. Longtime winner. Longtime coach of the Troy Trojans. Um, those are the guys that you got in. Uh, I don't, I don't know enough about the college football hall of fame, how the, uh, the ballots work, how the inductions necessarily work, how many people go in. Uh, but I think the easiest place to start before we go, who are the guys that you would want in is Reggie Bush, uh, (laughs) on this athletic article from the notification I got, there are two links. One is the full list of candidates here link. And the other is Reggie Bush's name hyperlinked. And uh, I'm I'm in real time clicking that link. I want to see where it goes. And it is simply a link to the wrong Reggie Bush. (laughs) (laughs) The NCAA did such a good job scrubbing his legacy. You can't even find him on the Internet. No, I want so badly. uh, I can't. uh, No, it doesn't have the, the author on here. Uh, it's got to be a work. That's what I'm saying. I want this to be an inside joke. So good. Uh, cause it it links to a Baylor cornerback who wears number zero right now and has no stats. Uh, really, uh, I don't want to say a nobody. He plays division one college football at a big time, big 12 program, but he ain't the Reggie Bush. That's for sure. Reggie should, if Reggie Bush can't get his Heisman trophy back, should he be in the hall of fame? Personally, he deserves both of them. Right. If you're going to keep his Heisman from him, though, you can't put him in the Hall of Fame. Like that, those negate each. Like those, those contradict each other. You can't be like, well, you did all this, so you can't win a Heisman, but we'll throw you in the Hall of Fame. Like if you're if you're going to make this stance that he didn't win the Heisman, then make the stance that you know he he did wrong and he is not going to be featured in any college football stuff moving forward. Like I think it's ridiculous. It's it's very playing both sides of it. To be fair to the argument. The National Football Foundation is over the College Football Hall of Fame, whereas the NCAA is the one keeping Reggie Bush from having his Heisman back. Can we well, just, and that is all the that's that's the distinction I needed. That makes more sense. He, that I mean, and the Heisman Foundation. Can we just de- like blow up the NCAA? Honestly, yes. we don't we don't pay attention to it in college football because of everything's under CFP now. Like. And obviously, the NCAA police is not coming running for any of these NIL violations that either are or aren't violations, depending on whichever gray area you're coming from. Like, let's just get rid. I mean, I know that uh, Commissioner, goodness gracious, my name's escaping me, is going to retire here in the next, uh, I think he's on his last academic year. Or Mark Emmerich. Thank you very much. He's on his last academic year. And, like, if, and I can kind of see Greg Sankey. Like long game playing to be head of NCAA or or playing to be head of CFP, kind of the next college, you know, the top dog in college football. But like, get rid of the NCAA. They only they pick and choose who they want to come after as far as violations go. Uh, There's no consistency. We we think back to their transfer prior to the transfer portal days. It was a waiver for you and not for you. Like they're they're. They don't make any sense, and I don't understand why we continue to subject ourselves to to their rule. And, and this Reggie Bush thing is just another example of like insanity. There, there are a lot, a lot, a lot of crazy names on here. I, I'm looking at Robert Gallery right now, Dwight Freeney, Warwick Dunn, uh, Ken Dorsey, Tim Couch, Dallas Clark, uh, Dallas I mean, Clark, Iowa. Tight in you. Yeah, Justin Blackman. Uh, bad bad NFL career. Insane college football career. That is a name I have not heard in so long. 
It's like Obi Wan Kenobi. Hey, right? you know who? Speaking of names you haven't heard in a long time, receivers. My man Rodney Orr this morning brought up Doriel Green Beckham. Oh uh, wow! And, and I Titans was like, legend. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> and he was comparing. Uh, he, he was talking about Alabama camps, like uh, uh, coming to the camps, and how uh, Doriel Green Beckham and Amari Cooper were at the same camp, and like all the hype was on Dar- Doriel Green Beckham. But basically, at the end of the camp, uh, <laughs> Nick Saban was like, Amari Cooper here scholarship. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got Eric. Barry Flozell Adams, Pittsburgh Steelers legend right there. He played one season after his career. Uh, Sebastian Janikowski, Seabass, LaMichael James, big time in those Oregon years. Derek Johnson, LaVon Kirkland, Luke Keekley, uh, James Laurinaitis, as we've been on our, our wrestling kick, son of the animal, Joe Laurinaitis, Ryan Leaf. Uh, what a rush. Excellent. Excellent. Well done. Bryant McKinney, Heath Miller, Pittsburgh Steelers legend as well. Herman Moore, Kellen Moore. I mean, Halati Nata, the... Jacob, I got bad news for you. The the nightmares I have of Halati Nata. I, I got bad news <laughs> for you. You're reading a lot of these names, and I remember watching them in college. That, like, used to, like, a handful of years ago, it was, oh, I don't know about this player. I don't know about that player. You, going back to your original, oh, we're old. We're old because yeah. I remember watching all these players. It's like, golly. But, but what's wild, <laughs> what's wild is that there are this many names that we can look at and say, oh, remember that guy? Remember that guy? Remember that? But also, and like, it, that, that's bad news from for our guys, Antonio Langham and Chris Samuel. Exactly. Because oh, they need to be in. How is Julius Peppers not already in the college? If I would have come to you on the street and said, is Julius Peppers in the College Football Hall of Fame? You would have said, duh. Of course he is. One of the most insanely talented prospects the NFL had ever seen. Turncoat is what he is. Played many years with my Chicago Bears, and then was time to cash out. Where did he go? Went back to Carolina. No, he didn't. He spent a handful of years with uh, the... He went went to the enemy. He went to the enemy. Well, Paul Plazlesny, not in the College Football Hall of Fame. I mean, Simeon Rice, Ron Rivera... Come on. It's still already, it's a travesty that Antonio Langham and Chris Samuels are not in. And that is, yes, a Kool-Aid statement. But at the same time, like, Antonio Langham played a massive, massive role in the 1992 championship. Uh, the the pick six against Florida. I mean, certain things just kind of stand for, for what they are. Chris Samuel is one of the greatest offensive linemen, I think, in college football history. And I don't think many people would, would really argue against that. Had a insanely good uh nfl career as well uh if there's one guy though if any i've listed so many names and there's even more that i that i didn't get to my answer to this is going to be tim tebow because there's no way that the greatest college i don't know if he's just now eligible or what tim tebow is the greatest college football player of all time i know most people that listen to this show and the look that i just got from joe gaither it is what it is he's the greatest college football player of all time I couldn't. It's your show. You can have that. Opinion. Yeah, it, certainly. <laughs> but if there is one guy from this, uh, from these eighty or so names that's got to be in the College Football Hall of Fame when this class is announced, who you got? I mean, out of all those, I mean, I, I, this is my bias, but Antonio Langham. I mean, you you saved the SEC championship yep. uh, for, with with a, with a great pick six, and and really thank you for. Uh, 
gifting Alabama's uh, national championship in 92, basically the water in the desert. We celebrate the 92 team because they were the bridge between Bryant and Saban. For me, uh, for me, if I'm making this list, I'm going, I'm going uh, Antonio Langham one. I'm going Tim Tebow probably. I mean, Tebow, I don't think he's the greatest college football player ever, but oh my gosh, if you disparage his accomplishments, you're dumb. You're very, very dumb. Yeah. Uh, so he's got to be in there. Uh, and Reggie Bush with zero official NCAA stats has got to be in there. Uh, I don't think that, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's it's funny to say. <laughs> it might as well. Be. Uh, so those are my three biggest names that you mentioned. Uh, James Laronitz, I remember you at Ohio State, but you know, good, good career. Luke Keekley, great player, at Boston College. Uh, I mean, you just named off a ton of just. NFL name after name after name after name, uh, which you know, one of Ryan Fowler's biggest thing, biggest like gripes is that uh, the college football hall of fame or college football hall of fame is very very difficult to be in. Don't you have to be a consensus? Of, there, there's several qualifications yes. that you have to have to be to be considered. Um, and wow, you have a load of names. I wonder how they're going to determine the class. Well, it's an extremely hard thing to be eligible for. And then it's extremely hard to get in because there's such a massive backlog. I mentioned it with with Julius Peppers. You can't. I mean, and especially when you, if you, if the College Football Hall of Fame starts to do what the Pro Football Hall of Fame is doing, where a lot of modern names are going in, I, it feels like every year now it's two or three first ballot Hall of Famers in the NFL. We're right getting now. a lot of mid quarterbacks being Hall of Fame eligible and Hall of Fame because such as well. I, I, I'm looking ahead a little bit. I'm looking like when you talk about oh, is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer? Oh, is Eli Rivers, uh, Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? Like the passing era has greatly distorted the statistical uh, has greatly because a lot of people say, oh he threw for X number of yards and oh X number of touchdowns, but like yeah, Joe Namath and and, and, and you know and, you know. I think Kenny Stabler got in, got in after his death. Like the passing era has greatly changed has. the statistical benchmarks of getting in the Hall of Fame. I live by the idea: Can you tell the story of the NFL without that player? You can tell the story of the NFL without Philip Rivers. Uh, I, I don't recommend that you do. I think he played a very pivotal part and did did what a lot of people thought was not possible, and that's be successful with that throwing motion. <laughs> he also played in an AFC Championship, the only AFC Championship of his career. With a torn ACL, and damn near won the thing. So I, I love Philip Rivers, uh, but there I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. But I think if you look at Eli Manning, you can't tell the story of the NFL without Eli Manning. Uh, he's got to be in two-time Super Bowl champion. It is what it is. Same thing with Ben Roethlisberger. One player out of this class, I know I listed a lot of names that's got to be in this College Football Hall of Fame, Mason. <laughs> Dead air is bad know, radio. Man. Say something. It's hard now. There's so you listed so many names. Like I'm, I'm having. Tra- Give me like uh, oh, your favorite. Um, one you remember most. Man, I golly, most exciting. So uh, must watch TV. I, I'm almost. I'm like literally overwhelmed with names. I can't even like think of one specifically. I'm, I'm quite literally. Overwhelmed. Mason Woods is voting every single one of them in. Yeah, just put all eighty of them in. I agree, and and all nine coaches. Who was the last ba- uh, Alabama player to be inducted? Was it Derek Thomas? Because, because basically, my man Ryan, uh, Fowler, uh, look this up, uh, Mason, right I here. I want to say it was Cornbread. Uh, yes. But, or, or not Cornbread, uh, Biscuit. Cornelius being it. Because uh, yeah. Ryan Fowler had a long argument. They're like, oh, they only put so many in from a certain school, which is why. Oh, my man Ryan's listening, EJ Jr. Uh, okay. okay, so, so he, he's, he's I basically. I should have remembered that I was on the show when he, that happened. He's taking the stance that, like, oh, they only put so many in from a certain school, and, like, 
basically at where we're standing right now is Antonio Langham. And, like, our backlog's in 1992. Like, that doesn't bode well for Chris Samuels. That doesn't bode well for Sean Alexander. It doesn't bode well, right. well for other qualifying players. Well, think about how long some of the Nick Saban guys are going to have to wait. Oh, I mean, because there's, there's plenty of them. Uh, I mean, Jake Coker, you know. <laughs> he doesn't qualify. <laughs> Jake Coker's going to ha- have to hand the invitation to Derrick Henry, by the way. <laughs> They'll bring, they'll bring Coker out on stage, and he'll just, here you go, Derek. <laughs> 40-something times down on the pasture. There you go. Again, Derek Henry, again. That was, oh, my God, I'll never forget that night. And, and, and like, towards the end of that game, I was thinking, are we still going to be doing, like, Coach, what are we doing? Again, again, again. Run the ball. It's, I love just it. run the ball. I love it. Uh but I, I, seriously, I mean, how long are guys? I I, I, don't, I can't name every consensus All American, but like, I even think about like right now, when Will Anderson and Bryce Young get to that stage, how long are they really gonna have to? Because again, I, you see a name like Julius Peppers, you see a name like Dwight, Dwight Freeney, who are bona fide NFL Hall of Famers. The second their name is is eligible, I mean, Dwight Freeney's gonna have to wait a couple of years. But I mean. When you're a bona fide first ballot Hall of Famer and you're sitting on this list, I, Ray Lewis is on this thing right now. There, there's too many. Like, there's too many players. <laughs> Marvin Harrison is on this thing right now. There are guys that are in the NFL Hall of Fame that are not going to be in the College Football Hall of Fame until it's too late. And one of the worst things in the NFL or the Pro Football Hall of Fame committee, and it's not really the NFL, but one of the worst things they did was wait too long on Kenny Stabler, mm. right? I mean, yes, come yes. on. You can't – if you don't have to wait, don't. Put the guys in, and I think that's where you can create a backlog if you put too many modern guys in. But, I mean, there's a slew of modern names here, but the guys that I didn't name were guys that I didn't know about. How long have they been waiting? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. And you don't just have to have a, a great NFL career to be able to be eligible for this thing as well. So uh, don't punish – don't don't punish a Justin Blackman for being a complete failure in the NFL. <laughs> he was – insane at Oklahoma State. Don't punish him for that. If anything, from a real human perspective, I don't know what Justin Blackman's up to these days, but it's been a couple years. I think he could use some acknowledgement for the good he did do in this sport after all the years of having to hear how terrible he was when he got to the NFL and had his own personal issues. So if you can... You know, Tim Tebow doesn't have to deal with that. He was a bad NFL quarterback, uh, but he's found other ways to be successful through TV. Guys like Justin Blackman, who have insane college careers and then go to the NFL, and it, it's not all that great. I mean, they deserve that. I not, mean, not a lot of Justin Blackman updates after 2013. Right. Mm. So, I mean, like it's been 10 years. Let's, let's give the guys some recognition. And, you know, Antonio is not anywhere near comparable on the scale of, you know what that was, but Antonio's NFL career didn't go the way he wanted to. He played a lot longer than Justin Blackman. But again, you know, it's one thing for us at Tide every time we talk to him, like, hey, man, you know, how you doing? You know, so he's doing great. He's doing all the coaching things that he's doing. Antonio's, by all purposes, from what I've seen, a very happy person. But let's acknowledge what he did 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, let's give him some props for being such a catalyst for one of the Crimson Tide's most popular national championship teams. 100%. And, and, and not only that, like, I don't think it's stated enough 
the 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 importance of that SEC championship game. Not not just from a Crimson Tide perspective. Yay, we won Roll Tide. But like as a as a conceptual thing, uh, you, you're taking a big risk putting your undefeated undefeated champion in the in the SEC championship game in a place where oh they could lose their bid for a national championship. Now. SEC championship game is like, duh, we're playing it, duh, we're getting, you know, and the champ, and the champion is going to the playoff. But like, if he doesn't make that play, I don't know. Are we playing the SEC championship game? I don't, I don't know. And that brings up uh, something that I want to talk about in the last five minutes that we have on the other side of this break, and that's SEC scheduling and the the way that potentially the SEC championship could look in the future. But it's been a fun conversation. I'm Jacob Harrison. That's Joe Gaither, Mason Woods, and Hunter Brantley behind the glass. This is Off the Edge on Tide 100.9. Your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Did you know not washing your hands after using the bathroom can increase the spread of hepatitis A? Washing your hands with soap and water, as well as getting vaccinated, is the best way to protect yourself if you are at risk of getting hepatitis A. One dose of the hepatitis A vaccine provides long-lasting protection in up to 95% of those who receive it. For more information on the hepatitis A outbreak in our state, visit alabamapublichealth.gov forward slash IMM. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Public Health, the ABA, and this station. COVID-19 has disrupted our lives, but it won't have the last word. We will. Across Alabama, thousands are getting vaccinated to protect themselves and others. Find out where you can get the COVID vaccine today at alabamaunites.com. Please get vaccinated. If you have symptoms, also get tested for COVID-19. Alabama Unites Against COVID. Sponsored by the ADPH, the ABA, and this station. I can go from zero to 60 way too fast. <laughs> Who knew electric vehicle owners were having so much fun? 20 or 30 years ago, I owned a, a gas sports car, and this car is much quicker. It's a great, fun car to drive. When you put your foot on the accelerator, it just goes. They're fun, they're fast, they're efficient. Visit driveelectricalabama.com to learn how you can start having fun driving an electric vehicle. Sponsored by the Alabama Clean Fuels Coalition, the ABA, and this station. Hey, Pete. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partly to mostly sunny this afternoon. The chance of a few widely scattered showers through the evening hours. The high today, 90. Tonight's low, 71. Or tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered showers and thunderstorms by afternoon. The high, 91. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to Off the Edge on Tide 100.9. You give me five, give me that which I desire. Back here on Off the Edge, Tide 100.9, your home. For Alabama Crimson Tide Sports, Jacob Harrison, Joe Gaither, Mason Woods, Hunter Brantley, a new intern whose name I don't know just walked in the door. Hardy Graham. There we go. Whole crew is here. We got less than five minutes to go. Joe brought up the SEC championship, more so as it pertains to Antonio Langham and his legacy, but there could be changes coming to the way that that looks here in the near future as far as uh, potentially moving towards something that is... Uh, the top two teams of the SEC, the idea that the scheduling could change to what I think it should have been 
along what it really needs to be. And first of all, that's a nine-game conference schedule. And secondly, that is playing at home and away every team in the conference within four years so that every player gets the opportunity to go to every place in the SEC, host every team in the SEC, play every team in the SEC within a four-year career. And even still, those those three and duns they get to experience all the same things too. Maybe they don't get home and away versus every opponent, but they see every team in the SEC. Uh, Alabama needs to play South Carolina more because uh, we got jokes that need to be said, right? Let's have those opportunities. We need to play Vanderbilt every, uh, every a little bit more often Anchor because down, baby. we need more sixty-point wins. You know, I mean, we 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 don't get enough. We deserve more. Uh, we should play Florida more often because, to be honest, last year was fun. It was so much fun. And if Billy Napier is going to fix that team, that program even more than Dan Mullen did, let's go. That's what I need. That's what I need. I need to go to Missouri and play in the rain again and absolutely slaughter the Tigers and show them once and for all that they don't belong in this conference, but they'll limp back. They'll limp back next year, and you'll play them again and do the same thing in Tuscaloosa. I need that in my life. I need... When Texas and Oklahoma join this conference to not lose LSU, Arkansas, Mm -hmm. Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Auburn as teams that I want to play Mm -hmm. all the time because I still need that rivalry with Texas and Oklahoma. I don't want to be 45 years old going to Austin for the first time. Exactly. Hopefully we go to Austin this year. (laughs) This year, but like, think about the the next time, like the first time they're in conference. Exactly. Exactly. So... I'm on the same boat as that. And also, if I'm in the same conference as an LSU, Oklahoma, Texas, Auburn, whoever, and I'm Alabama and I'm the best team in the conference, I, I whooped everybody's ass. But one of those teams, I didn't get to play them. And they're the second best team in the conference. And we meet in Atlanta. That's fun. That's fun. There, there's something special about playing Georgia seemingly every year now. Because they're in the East. But it would be a lot more fun to play Georgia a little bit more often in the regular season. I know that that scares everybody. Because here's the number one thing about why the bottom feeders of the SEC don't want a nine-game conference schedule. <laughs> Has nine more losses within the conference. These these guys already have to buy games to be bowl eligible. Because for some reason, bowls count and matter when you're going to the Camellia Bowl or whatever. When you're playing in somebody's backyard in Utah, Alabama. I don't get it. Do what's best for the conference. Nine games. I think uh, Kirk McNair's got a, a model on, on Bama Online. It's 366, and it, and it works. It's beautiful. Let's do that. Come on, Greg. Get on the phone. Make an Excel sheet. Make it work. It's good to be back. Appreciate everybody that kept this thing rolling from 11 a.m. To, 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 to noon over the past two weeks. Let's keep it going. I'm Jacob Harrison. That's Joe Gaither, Mason Woods, Hunter Brantley, and I already forgot your name again. Marty Graham! This is Off the Edge on Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama. Crimson Tide Sports.